0: Chapter 10, the book of Luke, chapter number 10. And if you're able to stand with me for the reading of God's word, we're going to look at the last five verses of the chapter, verses 38 through 42. Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your word, and thank you, Father, for this uh, place we have to come apart from the world and assemble together as uh, one of your churches. Father, we thank you for your promise to Uh, be with us, Lord, as we gather together in your name. And Father, we uh, come to you tonight, Father, in in the name of Christ. Lord, for his sake, we ask that you would bless your word tonight. Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts and bless uh, every family here. Lord, we thank you for the fellowship that we have in the gospel. Uh, We thank you, Father, for the blood of Christ. Uh, which cleanses the, us from all sin. Father, for the home that Jesus is preparing, and uh, Father, he'll, he'll one day come, and, uh, and that, Father, you would be pleased with our lives. and Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. You may be seated. In our text, we have a very familiar account, maybe even a familiar feeling. Uh, world today where sometimes it just seems that uh, everything is not how you'd want it to be. You definitely th- think that that's how Martha was, was feeling, that just nothing was right. You know, Christ was there, uh, but all this had to be accomplished, all sorts of things had to be done, and Mary was sitting down not helping, not doing her part, and she was left to do everything else. And and she went to Christ and said, do you, don't you care that... My sister is sitting here doing nothing, and I'm doing everything. Tell her to, to get up and, and help me. And Jesus, in verse number 41, uh, said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Uh, we consider in our life, as we look forward to the year ahead, our lives sometimes can maybe seem like Martha's where there's just so many, so many things uh, that's on our plate. So many things that's on our mind. So many things that we want to see accomplished. So many things that we think are going to be taken away, and our, we just have so much uh, on our on our platter, and we just can't focus on what truly is needful. And here, uh, Jesus. Mildly rebuked Martha and told her, Listen, Mary's chosen the one thing that's needful. Uh, she understood what was important at that time. And now that doesn't mean that, that food didn't have to be fixed, that dinner wasn't going to be eaten, uh, but at that particular time, that is what was needful. And in Micah 6, verses 6-8, Micah asked the question, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? Micah had all kinds of questions, thoughts about what needed to be done, and his, the answer to him was, listen, at this point, this is what's, what's required of you. This is what's needed. And tonight we're going to look at six different, six different uh, one things <laughs> that we see in the Bible. Uh, that term one thing is, is used many times, but there's uh, six of them that we're going to look at this evening. If we would turn back to Joshua 23, Joshua 23, look at some things that will be very important for us through the coming year. And the first one is there's one thing to depend upon. There's one thing to depend upon. Uh, Joshua 23, in verse number 14. Joshua 23, verse number 14. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and ye you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass, and not one thing hath failed thereof. One thing that we can depend upon this year, one thing to depend upon this year when it seems like the whole world is falling apart, one thing we can depend upon is that God's word is sure. God's word is absolutely sure. We can trust it. We can stake our lives on it. Uh, we've already staked our souls on it. And we've staked our, our eternity uh, based upon the truths of God's word, the promises of God's word, and the God that backs those words up, the God that spoke those words. And we can depend upon his word when all else seems gloomy When all else seems shaky, when all else seems shifting, trust in God's word. Trust in God's word. Back just two chapters in Joshua 21, in verse number 43, it says, The Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. In the life of Israel God made promise after promise to them. And Joshua there in Joshua twenty three, verse fourteen, and then in Joshua twenty one uh, 43 through 45 uh, passage, he's making it clear that when God speaks, when God gives a promise, when God speaks his word, he fulfills his word. Amen. And we can, we can depend upon his word. Uh, the Bible says in, in Numbers 23 that God is not a man, that he should lie. Amen. When God gives us his word, we can trust it. Uh, we can stake our life on it. Uh, when he's spoken, the Bible says, shall he not make it good? Amen. What an awesome, awesome truth that is. That when God speaks, in Numbers 23, verse 19, it says, Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Considering our eternal life, Titus 1, verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God, which cannot lie, promised before the world began, we stake our eternity, our everlasting life, eternal life upon the veracity of God and his word. Listen, we can trust our Temporal lives to the veracity of His Word. We can go to the Word of God, and we we can't we can't trust politicians. (laughs) Not 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 one of them. Uh, I will not trust uh, one politician uh, that's in our federal government, uh, state government, local government. We can't trust politicians. We can't trust the media. uh, We can't trust many religious leaders, but we can always trust God. We can always trust God's Word. So as you go into the new year, as you go through the new year, always understand that there is one thing to depend upon, and that is the Word of God, and you can stake your life on it and trust God's Word and live according to God's Word. Turn over to Psalm 27. Look at the second point. This will be a shorter message tonight. I I want to spend some extra time in prayer this evening. This will be a shorter message, but uh, I hope very pointed that you'll get the points tonight. Uh, Psalm 27. There's one thing to depend upon and there's one thing to desire. Psalm 27, verse number 4. Uh, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire... In his temple, one thing to desire this year that will give you strength, that will give you encouragement, that will give you uh, growth, spiritual growth in your life, is faithfulness to God's house. Desire that long after that. Just consider the things that he that he speaks here in this verse. He says, "I desire this that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life." That's one thing I desire. Why? To behold the beauty of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Where, where can we worship God at? Because I can worship him out in the mountains. I can worship him uh, out on the lake or, or out in the, the hunting blind. And you can. But God's made it very clear that the church of God is, is the house of God. And in, in the Old Testament, with God's house, I've, I've chosen that place. <laughs> That's the place I'm going to hear your prayers. That's the place you're going to offer me offerings. That's the place that you're going to sacrifice to me. It's, it's in that place. A great desire this year to be faithful to God's house. In Psalm 23, verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a, what a treat <laughs> David had in prospect there. In Psalm 26, verse 8, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. In the Old Testament, that that was the temple. In our time, it's the Lord's New Testament churches. Mm -hmm. That's the place where his honor dwells. That's the place, the habitation of his house. That's the place that we ought to love. That's the place that we ought to desire. That's the place we ought to strive to be faithful to. Listen when you're out of God's house, especially in in a year like we're looking ahead to, if you're out of God's house, you're going to be very, very discouraged. If you're out of God's house, you're going to be attacked. If you're going to be out of God's house, spiritually, you, you are going to go down if you're not faithful to God's house. We're going to be facing things this year that we've never faced before. Listen, you need God's house. You need God's strength. You're going to find it here. You're going to find it not just from the preaching of God's word, not just from the singing of praises to him, not just the the prayers that we have here, but also from the fellowship of every believer here. We're to strengthen one another. Every one of us there in uh, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, it speaks about that every member supplies something (laughs) to the body. And every joint is is supplied and nourished from every other part. Listen, if you're not here, you can't get nourished. Not just from the word of God, but from the other members. You need to be faithful to God's house. Desire that. There's one thing to depend upon is God's word. One thing to desire, a faithfulness to God's house. Uh, One thing to develop. uh, And uh, where we started off in Luke 10, in verse number 42, one thing to develop is your personal relationship with the Lord. Luke 10, verse 42, One thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Uh, At that time in her life, she understood that it wasn't just doing things for Christ. I needed to be with Christ. She wanted to be with Him. You might have lots of duties that you need to perform, lots of obligations to to carry out, a lot of ministries to to partake in. But listen, listen, you need to cultivate your personal relationship with Christ. You need to have a personal relationship with Him. Yes, you're, you're His ambassador. We're ambassadors for Christ. Listen, He's personally in your life, He needs to be your, your best friend. You need to cultivate that in your life. You need to have that in your life. In Jeremiah 15, verse number 16. Listen to to Jeremiah's words. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Well, he he longed just to hear from God. They were the joy and rejoicing of his heart. you ever experienced that? You know praise the Lord we have, we have so much more than Jeremiah ever had. <laughs> uh, we had the, the Word of God all printed together, yeah. bound together in in one book that we can we can have, we can study. but how often have, have you read God's word and never? found God's Word as you're reading it. It's just a, it's, They're just words. You're just reading. You're just checking off the box on your, on your uh, Bible reading plan for that day, and, and you don't ever hear from God. It, this, this feeling here that Jeremiah had, he says, thy, thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy, and rejoicing of mine heart. Times that we read God's Word, that that thought is completely foreign. That there's no joy there. There's no rejoicing. Uh, It's just, I'm just reading. Listen, you need to cultivate your relationship with the Lord and that personal relationship with Him so that when you open up His Word, every word will be precious. Every word will be a blessing. In Colossians 3, verse 16, it says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Listen, that doesn't come when we don't have a strong personal relationship with Christ. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about our our personal growth and our love for Christ. How can we sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord if... I mean, how many here today, everyone here... You might say you you like Trump. Maybe you love Trump. How many here today were singing with grace in your hearts about Trump? Anyone? Anyone at all? How many were singing with grace in your hearts about Brother Zach? Nothing? Sister Katie, you weren't singing? No? Not even even Sister Katie. Listen, if we don't develop our relationship with Christ, how can we sing with grace in our hearts to Him? If His Word isn't dwelling richly in us, if when we read His Word, they're not unto us the joy and rejoicing of our hearts, we need to develop that. There's one thing to develop develop your personal relationship with Christ. And number four, there's one thing to declare. Look over to John 9, if you would. John 9, verse number 25. We'll begin reading a few verses before that. Here we have a man that was born blind. But Christ healed him. He went to the pool of Siloam, in verse number 11, and, and washed, and he received his sight, he testified to that. And the the Pharisees, he, they, brought, they brought him to the Pharisees, and, and they questioned him, and condemned him, and uh, spoke all kinds of evil things against him. Christ and against this man himself, even trying against his parents. In verse number 20, his parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, that he was born blind, but by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He's an adult, don't bother us, talk to him. He's of age, let him speak for himself. And these words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already Uh, agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Speaking of Christ. So here, boy, how twisted their minds were (laughs) that they think that this is giving God praise. And that's how the world is today. That's, the world is so twisted that when we want to live for the Lord and, and speak the right things, they, they think we're twisted, we're crooked. But verse number 25, he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. We have one thing to declare this year is is the gospel, uh, our testimony of what God's done for us. We need to declare, uh, we looked at this on on Sunday, but Acts 1 verse 8, You shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon me, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. All of us have a personal testimony of salvation of what God has done for us with the gospel. And no matter what the world says, we can have such a response as, you know, whether he be a sinner or no, whether he conforms to your thinking or not, one thing I do know, (laughs) Christ has saved me. Christ changed my life, and he can change your life. And we're to go out into the world that is so twisted and upside down and, and tell them what we know. Jesus told us in Mark 16, verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that command has not been rescinded. The one thing we know. Number five, there's one thing to determine. If you want to turn over to Philippians 3. Maybe one of the more familiar passages that maybe came to your mind as we... uh, Brought up the subject of one thing, but Philippians 3, verse number 13 and 14, there's one thing to determine. That is, what is God's purpose for your life and how are you fulfilling it? In Philippians 3, verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If Paul was going to do that, he he needed to understand what he was reaching for. He needed to determine what is God's purpose for my life and how am I going to fulfill that. That's the goal. What's God's goal for your life? What's what's this prize? What does God want you to reach for? He He wants you to fulfill his purpose for you. He wants you to fulfill his will. He wants you, at the end of your life, that he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not, what's, that, uh, what's the phrase, when uh, uh, the servants that ca- that servant that came in and, and fixed his, his master dinner and all that, and then after he fixed that, then he went and, and made his own meal. And what was the phrase my mind just went blank. Uh, the phrase that was used to that... Should, should, he, should that servant be commended because he came in and, and uh, made his master's meal first? Anyone remember that phrase was, that was used? That's right. Thank you. <laughs> he just done that which was expected. He just, he just, he just fulfilled the minimum responsibility. Listen, God has so much for you. God has so much for me. God has so much for Paul. But what? It, what God's purpose for Paul's life is no more extraordinary than God's purpose for your life. The, the creator of the universe has a purpose for your life that he wants you to fulfill is a pretty spectacular idea, thought. Next, 20, verse number 24. When Paul was on his way to... Uh, Jerusalem, we want to make it by Passover and this is before his arrest and, and uh, it was revealed that he was going to be arrested he was going to be taken into custody for preaching the gospel in Acts 20 verse 24 Paul says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He says, I, my purpose in life is to finish what God's, the course that God's set me on. That's my purpose. And all these other things that, that you may see might happen, they don't bother me. They're not going to sidetrack me. He wrote to the Corinthians and said that, he says, know ye not, in 1 Corinthians 9, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize... So run that ye may obtain. And every man that strive, striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul so ran that he would obtain the prize. We are in a race. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, We're to lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We are in a race. You are in a race. Listen, so run that you may obtain the prize. Determine what is God's purpose for my life, and I'm going to fulfill it. (laughs) Figure it out. And lastly, number six tonight, there is. One thing to deliberate upon. If you want to turn it back to Ecclesiastes 3. Ecclesiastes 3. Verses 18 and 19. One thing to, li- to deliberate upon, to think upon, to meditate upon. I set a mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might manifest them, and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast. For all is vanity. Now, Solomon's thinking throughout the book of Ecclesiastes is, is as one a man under the sun, not really taking God into consideration, but, so he, but he's here focusing on something, looking at the animals, they die. Looking at men, they die. <laughs> His thought was, we're all going to die. And that's one thing to consider this year is that your life is not guaranteed another day. You don't have time to choose to live for yourself now, and when I get older, When the time comes, I'll live for Christ then. Listen, you don't have time for that. James 4, verse 13, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, The Lord will. We shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Go to, go to now you that say today or tomorrow. We'll go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Or apply to some of these other things we looked at tonight. Go to now, you that say today or tomorrow, I'll figure out what God's purpose is for me. I'll, I'll, do I'll do it then. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it sometime this year. Listen, you better do it tonight. You better do it right now. You better figure out right now what God has for you. You better declare the gospel right now. You better be serving God daily right now. You better be developing your relationship with the Lord right now because you're not guaranteed another month. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. In Ecclesiastes 8, and verse number 8, it says that there is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit. Neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war. Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. There is no discharge in that war. Again, this is Ecclesiastes. If the Lord were to come tonight, that that would be a discharge in in that war. (laughs) If he came and, and took us home to himself. But listen, we are to occupy till Christ comes. We are to be faithful till Christ comes. When Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes to the earth, shall he find faith in the earth? What a sad thought. If his thoughts were on you, when he said that. If his thoughts are on me, when he returns, will he find faith? Will you be living for him? Listen, you don't have time to wait around and figure out what's going to go on. Churches have been praying for God to... to Change the election, and certainly we have been. The God would do something to give us more opportunity to share the gospel when he did something for us four years ago. And we went, whew, boy, that was a close one. I can sit back and sip my lemonade for four years. Till next November four years from now, and then I can get serious about praying again, and then I can get serious about really thinking about the time that God's given us, <laughs> The churches in the U.S., I'm talking about churches. I'm not talking about the ecumenical crowd, the charismatic crowd, the mainline denominations. I'm not talking about that kind of Christianity. I'm talking about the Lord's churches over the past four years, for the most part, have done nothing in the time that God's given to them. Time is short. How short doesn't matter. <laughs> God's given us a life to do something with. And we better figure out this year, we better focus in on the things that are important. There's one thing to to deliberate upon, is that we're going to die. And after death comes the judgment. There's one thing to determine, is that is what is God's purpose for your life and are you fulfilling that? One thing to declare is the gospel and what Christ has done for you. One thing to develop is your personal relationship with Christ and, and your your love for Him. Uh, one thing to desire of being faithful in God's house, and one thing to depend upon is the truths of God's Word, and you can stake your life on it. You can build your life upon the truths of God's word and rejoice in what God does through that. That's the only source of that's, only, that's going to be the only stable foundation to build your life upon. The world around us is, is crumbling. We're getting, we're getting closer to Revelation 4. <laughs> uh, and we're looking forward to that because we're going to be out of here. <laughs> but as the world gets closer to that, listen, we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful. And we need to be doing what God's called us to do. Amen. Tonight, before we close...